Welcome to Story Life, a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and I'm here with my co-host... Alan C. Gardner. Folks, this is episode 18, which we recorded on September 30th, 2021, so coming up on a year and a half ago now. This is a pretty intense episode, and just in terms of things that we're talking about, I kind of, it's, uh, well, as you're about to hear, I kind of... Um, just went through a pretty rough experience in my my personal life and professional life, kind of the demise of a, a relationship that was uh, that I thought had been uh, pretty important to me and the other person for a while at the time. And then we also talk about the uh, the fire situation that happened, which we <laughs> yeah. touched on. Yeah, so this is the first episode that we recorded after. So the last episode we recorded and put out was basically when the fire happened in my family's former apartment. And then so it was about five. No, it was like God, six months between episodes. Anyway, yeah. so this was a good six months after we'd recorded the prior episode. A lot of shit had gone down. I, I wanted to add, uh, if anybody's listening to, for the first time, like this typically is a podcast about creativity and about filmmaking. But this episode's a bit different because I think it's really just one friend like being there listening and supporting another friend, which I think especially for male friendships like this is an important thing to put out there and to portray and i don't think this is unrelated to the creative work because i feel like sorting this stuff for yourself having these sort of conversations working these things out and on my end being able to be there for a friend like this all feeds into creativity in very sort of like ethereal indirect ways so totally. it's a little bit of a different pace for this episode, but I still think it's very worthwhile, and I, I hope you all enjoy it. And I'll say this, the person that we're talking about uh, was a former producing partner of mine, too. So there's that kind of a connection, too, on the uh, creative business level, uh, someone who I made quite a few films with. And thanks again, thanks again for being there for me, friend. I do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. And with all that, I think we will just dive right into the episode. Okay, here we go. How are you, Clinton? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, man? Uh, overall, overall, I'm doing I'm doing very well. Well, so let me see. Let me start to remember. You texted that you were in the process of moving, and I think last we talked, you were still just kind of going along on like breaker breaker. Uh, that was that was your main focus, and you were trying to like nip and tuck your ends of things for Cold Feet, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm going to soon. Sorry, I should have watched it before this, but life, you know. Oh, that's okay. I, I thought we were just hopping on today just to talk about cold feet, but I guess I have to figure out some other... <laughs> we can do that soon, actually. <laughs> no, Next kidding, time we kidding. talk, we should oh, that'd do be that. Fun. We should do that. You've, that'd be you're fun. releasing a movie. It's yeah, out that's in the true. world now. That's true. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, so since we last spoke, which was in February, by the way, like as far as we've texted and whatnot quite a bit, and we've been, we've been in touch, but since we last recorded, yeah, so that was February. So basically, the reason I had to move was into February, there was a, a fire in the apartment next to ours at like 4 45 a.m so we just we had to leave and then we just never went back so that's intense yeah yeah that was intense yeah we wound up staying with my and we're you know we were very fortunate in in so many ways i mean obviously well first and foremost i mean first of all uh no one was hurt so that's good and second of all the majority of our stuff was fine we just had to get rid of a few things in our master bedroom so it wound up being for four and a half months we were staying at my wife's parents house which is nearby chelsea and i had stayed there before for like three months when we were transitioning out of my last place and then finding our our new place which is you know the place that we had to leave abruptly so but when we stayed there before it was just the two of us and it was great because you know uh, we love our parents and our parents live close to the beach and whatnot and it was a good like you know spot for us to stay for a while while we're looking for the right place for us at that time that was just the two of us, but now it's the two of us plus two small children. So that was a whole different experience. And basically yeah. the whole thing. That's quite a, that's a difficult transition to make when you're when, with a family. And, it and is. And it was very, it was very trying in a lot of ways. I mean, I, we were very grateful to have them, of course, because a lot of people in our situation, you know, would have just had to stay at a hotel or whatever, Airbnb maybe or whatever. But, you know, basically we were able to go over there. Like we left in the middle of the night. I mean, right before very, very early mornings, like around 5 a.m. And I mean, I at first I thought we were just going to be there for like a night or two because I came back and I was like, okay, our place is like intact. But then, you know, they, then I went upstairs. And I'm like, ah, uh, they had to cut a hole in our ceiling in the master bedroom. It's like, okay, well, that's that's going to be an issue. That's going to be a few, <laughs> a few more days. Yeah. So they needed to take a take a long time to like reconstruct the whole thing. What I didn't realize, though, just because, you know, I've never been in a situation like this, was that it was going to be months. I mean, maybe they even haven't even still done anything. I don't know. 
because we got everything out of there at the end. Of, so this is the end of February. This is February 27th. And we wound up getting everything out of there at the end of June, four months later. And at that point, they still hadn't done any repairs. Were you paying rent on it the whole time? No, 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 no. So no, we didn't get that. Okay. That's one of the first things I told them. I'm like, look, because it was the end of the month. I'm like, you guys aren't expecting a rent check if, you know, because if we can't live there. I mean, that's pretty much, yeah, that's the law. Like, basically, you can't pay for a place where you can't even live. Uh, yeah. And they said no to that. But they didn't, they just kind of withheld information for so long. We, at a certain point, like, we just wanted to leave. And we wanted to, you know, because basically, we wanted to leave. We wanted to move out of that place, like, early next year, early 2022. And we were, like, uh, ramping up to that, though. This year wasn't a great time, for a variety of reasons, wasn't a great time for us to leave. But we had to because, you know, our hand was forced and we did not dictate the circumstances. So it was a whole back and forth with their lawyers, basically, because they really I really had to hound them to find out anything. They weren't just like, hey, we're sorry. There's a hole in your apartment from a fire. You're released from your lease. Do what you need to do. No, they no. I, I mean, at this point, it's kind of a blur, fortunately, because it's behind me now. But like they I mean, it was at least a couple months before they even said that before the, before they gave any estimate of when it might repairs might happen, and before they said like, "Oh, you probably have to leave." Like at first, it was like they were giving us the option to leave, and then they were like saying like, "No, now you have." To. A few weeks later, like you have to leave, and then it was like, "Okay, no, you have the option." It was just a whole mess. Like they were kind of stringing you along as to the they timeline, totally, so you, didn't, you guys didn't know what to do. They were told, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." We didn't know what to do. They were totally stringing us along. It was all about the red tape and all about the and basically. Was, they didn't start doing any kind of because I'm like, "Oh, at least they'll like board up a whole." In the, in, the, in the ceiling, you know, at some point soon. No, they just left it. They put like a cloth over it because they were waiting for the insurance check to come in before they did anything. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know, again, like we were just kind of like this information, like it wasn't even like doled out to us. It, I had to like go after it very actively. Yeah, basically, like I said, like four and a half months of kind of like in limbo, which is tough. It definitely put a strain on us. Yeah. A lot of uncertainty and especially there. having to like be in a temporary living space and, yeah. you know, yeah. integrating with another like yeah. family unit and everything. That's that's yeah. that's a lot. You have no place to like, you know, you have no, you're just always acutely aware of the fact that you're in someone else's space, um, no matter mm-hmm. how, you know, polite or accommodating they're being or whatnot. And so anyway... Uh, I was finally able to basically get them to come to an agreement. I mean, this became a huge time suck. Basically, making sure that we didn't get screwed over on that situation and getting us out of there just became a huge time suck. Because also there was a concern. Yeah. About, there was a concern about asbestos, so I had to do like a lot of asbestos research. I had to get so basically every time. So pretty early on, I just told Chelsea like I didn't want her going over there anymore. And the boys never ever went over there like after you know we got out i had to get like a hazmat suit and like a jesus a respirator so every time i would go in there <laughs> so like moving out of there was ter- keep yourself safe yeah moving out of there was terrible uh now fortunately i did we were able to so basically we were able to like come to an arrangement with the property managers where you know they gave us enough of a payout as it were that i was like okay we're not getting to make us feel like we weren't getting totally screwed over i'm like this is fair we, again i had to Really they ended up. They ended that. up cutting you guys a check for all the inconveniences. And yeah, stuff. for a lot. And I had to really like because at a certain point, their lawyer was like, "We're not paying you anything." And then I was like, "Hey, remember this email?" Because I had all the correspondence via email, so I could keep, have it all in writing. And so I was like, "Remember this email where you told us that we were entitled to the compensation for you know our inconvenience and like moving expenses, this, that, and the other." And it was an email that obviously she'd forgotten about from like two months prior. So I just yeah. copied and pasted that. And then she was, <laughs> and then it was like silence from her for a few days. And then she was like, "We'll get back to you soon." And so. So then they had another lawyer get back to me and make a proposal. So I, yeah, that was my as a joke. That was kind of like my John Grisham character moment where I, that my lawyer, where I out lawyered. <laughs> no, I basically just caught her screwing up and I was able to like call her out on it. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was a good feeling. Anyway, they were able to, they were compensated us because, I mean, not because I'm out of the goodness of their heart, but because, you know, we were, in, you know, we got what we were entitled I mean, they should have, legally, they should have been compensated. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. they were doing it. We got what we were entitled to. And so part of it was like, they were like, part of this money has to go toward a moving company. I'm like, fair enough. But I still had to box up basically everything myself with the hazmat suit on in june and our bedroom i just completely moved everything out that was pretty sweaty i'm sure oh my gosh dude it was terrible and i completely <laughs> moved everything out of there because i didn't want the movers to have to even though like there wasn't like much like there was like a minimal risk of like fear of asbestos or whatnot there was like a little bit but i, I still didn't want to mess around with it so and i didn't want anyone else to have to go in there so like my brother-in-law went in there with me at one point but he also you know he had a hazmat suit and a respirator too so we, just to get the bed out basically everything about that was intense now we're here and we're at this place that we love much more than we liked our last place so that's good 
I'm guessing it was hard to be creatively productive when all of oh, that dude, was going it on. Was, I mean, because basically like, all my breaker breaker time got hijacked for a while. Because when, when I say it was yeah. a time suck, I mean, like, it took a lot of time to deal with their lawyers and to find a new place. But, you know, we got it was, you know, we got through it. I certainly found my, my time and my moment. It was basically usually like at night, like when everyone else was asleep, I would find my my windows of opportunity to create. And I did get that screenplay gig and a lot of positive things have happened since we spoke too, of course. But um, I got hired to write a script for the University of Alabama at Huntsville. My friend and former acting and film teacher, he runs that program and he was able to get them to hire me to write a script for like the students to make next year, next spring. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice. it was it was a great, uh, dude, I, I really enjoyed the project because it was a cool way to write too where basically he gave me kind of like the seeds of certain ideas and like I kind of like picked his brain. I'm like, what themes are you interested in? Like what, uh, you know, give me any of the parameters. I kept. I, I love the word parameters. I wonder what the parameters are. What's my sandbox? And so then I just kind of like went from there. And like everything, I was really interested in everything he had to say. So yeah, it was cool. Um, I really enjoyed writing that. So now I'm looking for more outside writing opportunities in addition to my own stuff and the you know commercial treatments that come in and and whatnot. So it was a really cool gig. So I was really grateful for that. I basically had to write pretty much anytime I had to write, I had to go over to um, my brother-in-law's place and write in his garage. <laughs> which is where he has like his computer set up and the office area set up so and then so everything's been going well and then um project wise things are good like breaker breakers back on track things are up and running again there i'm writing some stuff that i'm really excited about cold feet just came out we just got back from a trip to memphis and then the second big not great thing that happened since we spoke last oh yeah let me let me let me mention real fast let me tell you real fast what the cause of the fire was which it took us a while to find out the cause and I had to call, you know, the arson investigator. And they were the fire department, everyone was really helpful. So basically, our neighbors, who, hey, these guys, they're good guys. They're just kind of, they, I don't know, man. They're good guys. They party a bit too much. They're a little reckless. Long story short, and uh, one of them has uh, two little girls, two daughters, and the girls stay there sometimes, or they used to stay there sometimes. Oh, God. So apparently, they had a guinea pig. Either the girls did or the guys, whatever. Basically, a, the, the guinea pig bit an extension cord, which was connected to a space heater. And so the space heater went off and set their place on fire and like burned basically their entire, like their place was like com- almost completely charred. It was crazy that our place didn't have more damage than it did. That's how it happens, man. The space heaters. Don't space heater, but like, that's how it can happen. But the guinea pig thing, I'm like, come on. <laughs> why was like how did the guinea pig have I don't access to know the space i'll never know we never even got so much as a hey sorry about the guinea pig from the name they never they never said anything i know it was an accident but like i don't know if i was in that position <laughs> and my fucking guinea pig had caused a fire that displaced multiple neighbors i would say sorry i would be very Apologize. Oh, you never heard from them? Like, not a peep. So Chelsea knew one of them from growing up. And they were nice guys, but they were just like, I don't know, like I said, like reckless in a lot of ways. And so Chelsea and her brother knew them from growing up. And so she was able to like get in touch with one of them, the one with the guinea pig. <laughs> and he just kind of said what was going on with him. But nothing, nothing, no, like, I don't know. I don't know if they were afraid. Well, first of all, we were never going to go, like, we could have, but we were never going to like sue them for anything. But that just wasn't going to happen. We liked them. And it was just like, that didn't ever seem necessary. In light of that, though, it would have been really been cool if they just had said sorry. Because you know what? And this is something we teach our boys too. Sorry goes a long, a long ways. It's important to say when you're wrong. and It's important to be accountable. Like I said, I know it was an accident, yeah. but you created the circumstances that caused that fire. And it really threw a wrench in our lives. So Yeah, I mean, they probably just have their blinders on so much in, in their own... Yeah, but 100%. Whenever I hear, though, too, like someone's like, oh, they just weren't thinking, or they weren't aware. It's like, well, you should have been, though. You should have been a little more aware of the world around you, especially the world immediately around you, as opposed to just having your head up your ass. Like, the blinders on thing doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work for me because you need to be a little more... No, I mean, in terms of why they're not saying sorry, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. it's not, I'm, I'm, just I'm saying, not saying that's an excuse. No, it's not, it's not I'm an just excuse saying, like, or anything like that, but just the reason to understand. Or whenever people are like, oh, I just wasn't thinking about it. It's like, well, the point is you should have been thinking about it. You should be a little more empathetic and a little more aware, especially when you've caused, whether it's directly or indirectly, intentionally, unintentionally, whatever, like the problems, the havoc that you have wrought, be like a little more aware of that. And a little more. Yeah, they don't have to, they don't have to, they don't have to say, 
like obviously they're not intentionally starting to try no. to start a fire with we their weren't looking for much pig, but they should still <laughs> you know they should be aware of and, and apologize for the results of that yeah yeah just as something like hey so sorry guy like seriously that's that would have been cool regardless that's behind us we'll never get that apology because that was what is it now march april uh, may june july august september seven months ago now so moving on okay so then what <laughs> The much more random and pain, even more random than the guinea pig and painful thing that happened on Friday was that you remember. Oh, just happened. You remember, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's up with ended our friendship on Friday out of the blue via text. What? Yeah. I'm what? like, I dude, I I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing that could <laughs> that could happen. Yeah. Broke <laughs> broke up with me. On Friday. Yeah, it was, well, a lot of things we're weird about, and I'll try not to, I, there's a lot I could say about this, but I'll try Holy to, shit, man, that's big. Yeah. That, and that's just happened. It was pain, it's still painful. I still, I don't understand it. Well, it's still undecided. Have you talked to him? Oh, no, 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 it's over. Like, he texted and said, like, I don't want to talk to you. He said it's, He's just not gonna, have you tried taking and calling him, and he's just no, not taking no, no, your no, calls no. or anything? I'm not gonna, no. I, here, okay, I'll just tell you real fast. So basically, like, about two and a half months prior to texting that i hadn't heard from him a little while and every night like in the past like sometimes he'll go you know off the grid for maybe like a few weeks or like a month or so but that's you know and then i'll hear from him and he's told me before that when that happens it's because he's depressed i have friends who do the same thing yeah and fair enough so like you know i i'm and i remember telling him before I'm like okay well i'll definitely be you know mindful of that and obviously like you know i'm always here for you like someone who has a harder time reaching out and opening up that's just how he is so anyway so then when i didn't hear from him for a while like a month and a half i'm like like, this is weird. I wonder what's going on because then, like, we had a screening, like, in uh, mid-August. So, at this point, it been about, like, a month since I'd heard from him. There was a screening of a short film that I acted in, and then I got him a producing gig on. And that was a really cool experience. So, anyway, so I had texted him. I'm like, hey, you're going to go to that screening? I didn't hear anything. I'm like, that's weird. Some more time went by, and I would, every you know, every now and then I would shoot him a text or give him a call. I'm like... What is happening? I was getting really worried because I thought, like, you know, like I said, like last time he's, you know, depressed. And I'm like, well, this is really like intense because it's been a long time. I've been trying multiple times. Like he must be really down and out. So I talked to our mutual friend, Matt Gilliam, about it. And, you know, so we were both getting worried. And then Matt was eventually able to get in touch with him after some phone tag. And so I was like, okay. At that point, though, I'm like, okay, good. I'm glad to know that he's okay. But also, I'm like, that's weird because phone tag implies, I mean, entails like both of them calling each other or texting each other and trying to get in touch or whatever. Yeah, but he, he's not calling you. He back. didn't call me at all. So I was like, what is so I eventually was like, oh, he's mad at me for some reason. And I didn't know why, because everything was good. Like the last time we had an argument was like, and I'll get more into this in a second, too. Last time we had an argument was a little over two years ago. And so like everything, you know, before, you know, recently I've been like everything was fine. So I thought so I couldn't even you know conceive of why he might possibly be mad at me. But so I just texted him. I was like, hey, man, like, are you like upset with me? Like, let's talk it out. What's going on? And, you know, I love you and uh, looking forward to speaking, blah, blah, blah. And next day he sends me a text like, hey, sorry you know, about the lack of communication. I've been doing a lot of thinking. And he's, <laughs> he said he used this sentence. And right now, like, I just like I'll be completely candid because like, why, like whatever he this dude hurt me more than like anyone's ever hurt me. Hopefully more than anyone ever will. So I'll still pull my punches on some things because there's some things I even feel bad about saying to you know, anyone, especially, you know, let alone like in a recording that might be heard by a bunch of people later. Anyway, but I have no problem with saying what he said. He said the sentence, I think the sun has set on our friendship. Did he give? <laughs> so have he, has he given you any like reasons? Yeah, or, like, yeah, yeah. He kind of went from like... there. He started talking about like, you know, his anxiety and resentment and this, that and the other and how he felt like our friendship was had become one sided or whatnot. And all this stuff that made no sense. It's weird, man. It's hard because, like, I know... Okay, I've heard be wrong about plenty of things over the years. And saying certain phrases, using certain terms somewhat incorrectly, or just seem like he was confused about certain things, or whatever. I, and I'm very well aware of issues. So I'll tell you this, and then when you watch the movie, try to forget about all this. <laughs> the production of Cold Feet was a fucking nightmare. And it was a fucking nightmare yeah. because of... Really? I didn't Why? want, I didn't want, he was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll put it like this. Like the person that I thought I could count on the most, whenever I went to set, I just felt like he was against me. And that was just the running. That was just, he, he went into that production with a fucking chip on his shoulder and an ax to grind. Like he was already very resentful of me and he wasn't dealing with it. And he wasn't talking to me about it. 
And it all kind of came out during Cold Feet. Yeah. And so instead of being like on your on your side, he was taking. He like was just butting heads things. and and he just kept wanting to make me wrong about things. And he kept just trying to cut me off at the knees. I'm like, this is terrible. My buddy Brad and I co-directed that one. And like every day we'd go to set and be like, fuck, we wish he wasn't here. I wasn't going to fire him. Especially, I mean, he also, I gave him a role in the movie. So that would have caused other problems too. And plus like, you know, he was still like one of my best friends, even though I was like furious at him. And I felt, but did you guys, did you try and hash it out then? Did you try and, you know, I mean, I know it's tough oh, I, and with the demands of absolutely, production and everything absolutely. like that, but. I absolutely, absolutely tried to hash it out then. And I thought, you know, we had, and, but it's still like, you know, when we left the shoot, like I was still very upset. Like I said, I'm mean, like, this is just like, there was no cause for that. And a lot of it just came, we just started thinking like, you know, he wants to do his own projects. I'm like, fair enough, but it's not my fault. Like one of his big issues is a lack of follow through. He'll have an idea for something. He'll pursue it for a little while and then he'll hit a wall and then he'll just kind of abandon that thing and then start something else and so on and so forth. So he'd been wanting to write something for years and I would hear like all of his pitches. I would talk it through with him. I would try to like, you know, help him, encourage him, like give him plans, you know, make these, take these stories and make them a reality. And he just never did. But I kept writing my, you know, my scripts and creating projects that I wanted us to do together, but he didn't have to do any of them, you know? Yeah. He... <laughs> Did them all on his own accord. But apparently, like, and he told me this later, like, going into Cold Feet, like, he didn't want to produ- he didn't want to be a producer on it. And it's like, okay, well, why did you say yes then? And then he said yes because he just wanted to please me or whatever, some bullshit. I'm like, because the thing is, I'm like, I'd rather have not, you've not been there <laughs> because it was terrible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he was never really that accountable for it. He could just talk his way out of it. He would just kind of like dance around shit and justify and just talk. And like, he never really truly said like, I'm sorry. And especially if I'm sorry for being an asshole, <laughs> which, you know, at least I'm sorry, you know, again, or it was, it was a theme here was, you know, a lack of apology, but especially with, you know, for a long time, there was no one that I trusted more than there were people I trusted as much as, but no one I trusted yeah. more than and no one I confided in like more over the last 14 years. Dude, again, like everything he said, like none of it, like I was, I, I don't know. No, none of us can make sense of it. It's just like something's like one of my friends, like he sounds brainwashed. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Obviously his shit has caught up with him and he doesn't know how to deal with it. But regardless, he completely torched our friendship and he was all like, you know, I want to be able to look back on our friendship fondly and blah, blah, blah. And I love you. And this, that. And I'm like, well, I fucking hate you now like and i won't look back on any of it fondly because you tainted all of it like it's all corrupt it's all it means nothing to me now that's where i'm at now at least six days later well i mean you i mean it's totally understandable that you would be angry for somebody to come and want to cut you out of their life yeah oh no especially somebody you have such a long history with and such a deep friendship with and with no for one it was like it's just completely for me at least and for all of us like you know for us our mutual friends just completely out of the blue it's funny too because like in the spring i thought we had some of our absolutely best conversations ever like i thought we really like you know we'd really grown a lot and we were like there for each other and we're like just exchanging a lot of like great ideas and like supporting each other and like talking things through and like it was great like i felt like we were doing really well like i felt like it it was so weird because i felt like our friendship was stronger than ever so then for him to come at me with (laughs) what he came at me with man it was heartbreaking it's still heartbreaking i'm kind of still in shock all I know is, as with anything that you know, painful that happens, though, like it's all about how you respond and react, and how you go from there, and like what you make of it. And so, for yeah. whatever reasons, like apparently, like I need to feel like because I'm someone too who like I take my friendships very seriously, and I put a lot of time and thought into like nurturing my friendships. They're very important to me, and a lot of things were like you know, I would it was a conscientious effort a lot of times to like keep doing friendship maintenance, you know? Um, especially like once yeah. I had got married and had kids, it's like, okay, well, I don't have that much time anymore, but like, I'm going to make sure he doesn't feel like he's been a ab- like abandoned or anything crazy like that. Like he's one of my best friends. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, make an effort to like keep being in his life and to keep nurturing the friendship. Apparently I shouldn't have because well, now there's mm. this, I, I'm kind of like, like, look, I'll establish this too. Like, I don't regret anything because I'm proud of how I acted throughout that friendship. And so, and again, like, you know, something positive will come from this. I'm sure it already is. I mean, honestly, like, it's kind of weird, too, because now it, like, reframes everything about our friendship. So now I'm able to look back on all the things that annoyed me about and all the bullshit that I put up with and, like, excused away because he was my friend. And now I'm able to feel more like, oh, okay, I'm better off. I'm going to be better. I'm certainly going to be better off, especially once I go through, like, this grieving period. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's a real head trip, though. It's a real mind fuck. Because then it has you, like, thinking through, like, all of your friendships, you know? 
And like I, again, like I know logically, rationally, like that this won't happen. Like any of my other like my true friends. Uh, but I also thought was I convinced myself that was one of my true friends for so long. But now, like knowing everything I know about. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how this makes sense because of all just his bullshit. Or I can see how, like, out of all my friends, out of all my close friends, I can see how he would be the one to do something this hurtful. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, I'll come through. I'm definitely going to write about it. That's for damn sure. Uh, usually it's like, <laughs> like a jumping off point. I mean, how can you not? Because, again, like, the thing is, like, you know, in the past, like, whenever there's been, like, you know, we've all been through breakups and some of the, like, most of us have been on, like, both sides of them. Like, you know, I've been broken up with. I've broken up with others. It just it has to happen because at the end of the day, with romantic relationships, unless you're into some bigamy or trigamy or whatever, all of your romantic relationships end except for one, right? Yeah. So you can't be too, like, at least for me, it's kind of like, okay, we well, can't be too upset about this. Because again, like, I've known, like, when I've ended relationships in the past, because it needed to happen. That was the right thing to do. And so, as painful as it could have been to be, like, you know, broken up with sometimes, you know, I never get that mad about it. Because it's like, well, this needs to happen. Like, fair enough. Moving on, you know? But with this, though, I'm just like, how is this even, like, necessary? Because you don't have to break, <laughs> you don't have to break up with your friends. Especially now, I'm like, we're not even, like, that much in each other's lives at this point. But apparently, he still felt it was necessary. To just nuke the whole thing. So anyway, what's up with you? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's that, and that's that's definitely very painful. And just like there's not a lot of playbook for something like that. Yeah, I, I've known situations where people have had to cut certain friends out if they were like being like toxic or you know, yeah, had a really bad addiction or something where they were just like actively dragging the friend down and like it had to be done kind of thing. Yeah, I think a lot. Basically, it's like he took the resentment from cold feet. And he just kind of rewrote our friendship in a lot of ways as what it feels like. Well, and especially if he's been been depressed and isolated and not maybe he's not taking care of himself. Well, he's not that he's married married now. Married now, so he's not like totally isolated. I I don't know how his marriage is or anything like that. But I'm just saying if he's not venting this stuff properly, if he's not talking it out, if he's not getting perspective on it, you know, then you know. He could over time talk himself into into like like you said, kind of rewriting a history of your guys' friendship and stuff. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, you know, it's sad that it's it's worked out in that state. But I also, I know you're angry right now and and sure. deservedly so, and grieving for the loss of this thing. But it's probably also not the end of that story. Uh, you know, with yeah, all the yeah. history you guys have. Look, I can't say anything for certain, but I can just tell you how I feel right now. Like I can say this part with no bitterness or anger. Like I'll never trust him again because this was the That's ultimate hard. betrayal, and there's no coming back from this. Like kind of like the most I can hope for is to eventually not resent him. I'll just be completely candid because why the fuck not? Where I'm at right now is like once I get through the grieving process and I'm like, I don't have to like talk about him anymore, you know, like I don't ever want to see him or hear even hear of him again. I don't even want to know when he dies. I just want him to drift away. And like, I, I wish him the best. Like, I don't wish him any ill will, but it's like, just be out of my life for forever because I gave that kid so much of myself, my time, my compassion, my love, so many opportunities. And uh, I just feel completely betrayed and so yeah i'll never trust them again but hopefully we can get to the point where like when we you know run into each other and a mutual friends th- and that's the other shitty parts like we have mutual friends yeah and not to get too but again like like i don't right right now i'm so mad and i'm like whatever he owes me a lot of money so there's that too that's also complicated he owes thing. me a lot of money and then he's going to on a trip he planned i guess months ago with another one of my best friends they're going to Hawaii in December, them and their wives, which, you know, it's not my buddy's fault because he just found out about yeah. this. Like, you know, it's I mean, obviously, none of this is his fault, but it's still like I'm like, man, I don't like this at all. And my and Chelsea was just like, yeah, because he's going to Hawaii with your friend and your money. I'm like, yeah, he, <laughs> he is. He's going to Hawaii with my friend and my money. I'm like, this is this is weird. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I was I was the best man at both of their weddings just a couple of years, just Damn. two years ago for. Oh. And four years ago for Adam. Anyway, again, like this, none of this is Adam's. I love Adam to death. Adam's just doesn't know what to make of any of this. It's so weird. All right, sorry, I, I knew this was gonna run. No, no, that's a lot, dude. That's a lot. And I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I have enough insight into sort of these relationships and what is there that I can, and you know, I can understand what's going on. And I guess probably it seems like definitely the hardest thing for you is like he's been so opaque to you and not sharing and kind of closed off and stuff and like the last two sort of big things you've had from him was cold feet where 
he was just in your mind like horrendous the yeah. whole time in a way that you couldn't imagine him being. And Brad's mind, like we both went to set, we're like, we wish you, like we just hated the set, we didn't want him there anymore. Like he was, yeah. we're like, it got to the point where like, because we had to get rid of a couple crew members on that shoot. It was that was the first time I ever had to do that. There was just some bad apples, but then became the last, like he was the re- like we called him like the remaining toxic element on that shoot. He, oh. was, he was terrible. He was fucking terrible sorry i didn't mean to cut you off so for that and then for this to come out of nowhere you know that that mean i can understand why you're so angry and feel like you know you don't want him in your life anymore you know yeah for me my friend like i basically you know i had 10 best men at my what wound up being nine because well another one's a whole other story he just basically dropped completely dropped off the map and he had a lot he had a lot of issues even more issues than I had wound up having nine best men and they're all best men because I couldn't choose between them. Like who's going to be my best man. Yeah. So that's how like much like, you know, I'm very considerate of all my friends feelings and I, I love my friends and a lot of my movies at the ones you've seen, I'm sure like, you know, have to deal with my friendships and valuing friendships in one yeah. way or another. And so for him to do what he did, I mean, for to anyone, that'd be obviously brutal, but for me, yeah. I was telling Gilliam earlier, like it felt like someone like cooked up like a nightmare specifically for me. <laughs> Like, what's going to really screw this guy up? No, no, it's funny. What's going to really, like, fuck this guy up? Like, this guy in particular, like, what would be, like, a nightmare for him? But also, like, they gave it, 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 they gave it, like, there's actually people giving, you know, you know what I'm saying? It was given within this scenario, it was given to me at a moment in my life, at least when I could withstand it. Because if this had happened, like, six, seven years ago, it would have been a different level of devastating. Yeah. Because now I've got my family and I'm just a lot more comfortable with my own skin. I feel a lot more solid, especially, like, 10, 15 years ago. Basically, every passing year, I felt progressively more and more like I have a solid foundation and I feel good about who I am all in all. But yeah, right now I'm just going through it. How are you, Clinton? We don't have to. We don't have to move. This is a big, <laughs> important topic. We don't need to. We don't need to. No, I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. I just don't want to feel too indulgent. No, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for. I mean, that's a big listening. thing. You're losing a foundational uh, found. It's, you know, in so, in some way or another, it's like somebody died, you know, except for it's kind of worse. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know? It is worse because like, well, OK, that's not I don't want to say it's worse in a way because it's it's when someone dies like they it's not he's actively cutting me out of his life. Yes. So that's more like it's different because it's he's actively hurting me as opposed to like when someone passes away, it's incredibly painful, but they aren't trying to no one's trying to hurt you this guy hurt me like you know you got it yeah no and this is a process and i'm this this should and this will take time and you should be angry and you should be sad and like all that stuff will come at different times but yeah the fact that he did this and the way that he did this and felt even despite the fact that you weren't seeing each other that regularly and he felt a need to sort of make that kind of power play and make such an intentional i'm letting you know oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, where things are i mean i think that's that's insightful into in terms of where his head is yeah, that's that. a good that's a good point. You know, ultimately, whether it's to tell a story about this, whether it's to forgive him and understand him more, you know, understanding why he did that particular action. I mean, that that says something about like maybe th- he's always felt there was a power dynamic imbalance or some jealousy issues there. Uh, that's felt definitely like he didn't have that's definitely the case. Autonomy in your guys' friendship or something like that, you know. Is, and and yeah. I'm not saying those things are excuses or those justify him doing this, right? No, but you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And that's why I was saying, like, when, you know, he wanted to be doing his own projects, he definitely felt like, because he also has a big issue with authority or anything he deems to be an authority figure, which is something we've had to talk through a lot. Because, I mean, the long, at the end of the day, it's like he was one of my main producing partners, but these are all projects that I wrote and either directed or co-directed. You know, I was the one who made, it was down to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I steered the ship. Yeah. And he yeah. was cool with that at first, because at first, like, and there's nothing when came along, like, you know. I love from the beginning, like, but he he lacked direction. He didn't really seem to, he was seemed like he was kind of just adrift. So it's like, okay, there's all this, you know, all these wonderful things about this guy. Let me give him an opportunity and bring him in as a producer. And he was all about it. He was all gung ho. And basically, what happened was with each subsequent project, like he started taking it for granted more and more, or just started getting over it more and more, like whatever. But again, he just kind of kept coming back. And it happened the shift happened really quickly because I couldn't tell there weren't really many problems at all until Cold Feet. And then all of a sudden, with Cold Feet, it's like, oh. This dude's like this dude's 
awful to work with. Like, I don't, like, never again. I remember telling him after no. that production, too, I'm like, I don't think we should work together again. Because, you know, we got to do anything we can to preserve the friend. Like, for me, it's like, whatever it takes to preserve the friendship. And if that means not working together again, then we won't work together again. Now, we did work together very briefly on, on uh, another project, Baby Come Home. But that was a four-day shoot. And it was like, you know, the whole nature of that project was I wrote it. And then we went through pre-production. The night we shot it in, in six weeks. So yeah. that was much. And he he was barely like, I mean, he said he's like, yeah, I want to produce on it. But then the key was basically not involved hardly at all. The bulk of pre-production. And then he kind of came along. So I didn't have to deal with him that much on that. Uh, and that went fine. But again, it was such a short thing. Anyway, yeah, there was definitely a power dynamic and balance and all that. Not that I ever wanted that. Like I was, and again, like I... It makes me mad, too, to think about all the time I spent, like, trying to encourage this guy and, like, lift him up, you know, help in whatever ways that I could, like, give him confidence and direction and some structure, like, whatever. Like, I just wanted to help him. I wanted all these things that he wanted to do. I wanted them to happen. I wanted to do whatever I could. And I was probably his biggest ally. And now it just cut me out. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely, yeah, everything you're saying was, yeah, spot on. Well, and we're all, you know, we're all the heroes of our own story. And, you know, in his mind, he's, you know, as weird as it might seem to you right now, he's, <laughs> he's, he's still the hero I for mean, what he's doing oh, right now. Clinton, so after, uh, let me be clear, uh, everything I've said, I still consider him to be incredibly heroic. I mean, the, <laughs> the courage it took to cut out your loving best friend and just, you know, cast him. I mean, that, that's, that's guts. <laughs> just kidding yes yeah no every no you're 100 right he is the yeah but i mean that doesn't make none of this is mitigating or, or minimizing what you're going through and what your experience of like this is all just these I, I see these things not to say what you're feeling is invalid because like you should be angry and you should be very sad about this but just like you know the pathway to to forgiveness for you and feeling better about this is like some amount of understanding of, of how he might have sure. been able to do this and stuff, you know, so. And I'm sure I'll get there, especially when writing about it, because, I mean, I've definitely had issues with, I mean, who hasn't, with people in the past and never anything like this, but like writing about it has always helped. And well, in fact, like I kind of wrote some about my past tension with my past issues with in Breaker Breaker, mm. which is all about two oh, friends. Oh, you a lot of more fuel for that fire now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I'm like, well, this project's <laughs> taking on, you know, an additional layer of resonance. Because, yeah, it's all about two, like, best friends who have a creative collaboration and they have a falling out and they don't speak for years and years and years. But, again, this is, you know, my this real-life situation is different for a variety of reasons, one of which is that he's just, like, there wasn't, like, a big falling out or at least, like, nothing like even remotely recent and he he wouldn't even talk to me about it, and then he, I mean, he definitively ended the friendship. He didn't leave any opening for anything else. But yeah, the other shit, the fact that he wouldn't even speak to me, he said, there's nothing to speak about. I'm I'm pretty set in how I feel. I'm like, wow, that's a real dick move. Well, I mean, he's probably thinking, you know, he's he's feeling like he's got to take this hard line, that this hard line is the right move. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's sort of like a play, and this is, like, the right approach to it for now. It doesn't mean he's not going to change in the future, and, does you know, yeah. doesn't mean not, you guys might not be able to talk in the future, but right now he's like, this is the thing he's trying. Again, like, I'll never trust him again, and I'll never, like, want to, like, be, like, his friend, but I'd like to be able to be friendly, at least, with him at like mutual friends whatever like when we happen to see each other which will hopefully be a very minimal amount of times uh for the rest of our lives oh and a total sign i'll say this real fast it's something else that like this tool. <laughs> oh god i've already i feel myself saying it out loud i already know it's gonna sound annoying but like because everyone's a hero in their own story that's true but at the same time like now that i'm a dad like i love the feeling of being a supporting player in their stories mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where i'm at now like yeah, it's still. Oh, that's like, a love. No, that's a lovely thing. Thanks, man. I just don't want to sound too. But that's how I truly. That's what I think. That's how I feel. Like I'm like, oh, I'm no longer the lead in my story. Like I'm the key, <laughs> key supporting player in uh, in their stories. So, which again, like you know, having the. I mean, I love my kids, and so having them and just again, it's allowed me to be able to like weather something that would have otherwise been pretty devastating for me. And it's still very upsetting. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. I've got, I've got my, I've got my home. I've got my family. That's good, and that's good that you can have the gratitude and perspective to sort of have the appreciation of what you have, even when you're. Oh, dude, absolutely, this yeah, important person. That's the thing. It's like anything, like anything bad that happens. Like as long as they're good, as long as the boys are good, you can get through anything. So, woof. That's that's a lot, man. Woof. That's the the long and short. Mostly the long, since I took up almost all of 
our time. No, I mean, this, these were things that, I mean, that's that's a lot to deal with. What's up with, so tell me about creative things. So, yeah. I mean, there's a few things discussed, but quickly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what's, what's up with Breaker Breaker? Okay, so Breaker Breaker is we're about to uh, finally record the first episode of our Behind the Scenes podcast next week on Tuesday is the plan. You're using my recorder? Using my recorder to record your new podcast? Oh no, it's about to get awkward. Oh no, Clinton, don't <laughs> don't send me a text right after this and be like, I feel like the sun has. Set. We're gonna have to charge you a rental fee. Damn it! I'm just kidding. I'm I'm, I'm totally kidding. Thanks, buddy. Please, please create <laughs> create with it. Thank you. I will. And then, so writing wise, I'm writing on a script. I'm really excited about. I started developing like very early stages of developing a mini series. I'm very excited about, and then working on a book in the early stages of that too. So, are you like chunking these things up? What do you you got your night hours that you work five yeah. days a week, six days a week, kind of thing? Yeah, I just carve out the time like where I can. A lot of it's at night, or like yeah, I just find the time like where I can between working on that stuff and then working on like you know outside gigs and whatnot and pursuing outside gigs. And uh, you know, obviously, right now we're going you know marketing on cold feet and this that and the other so yeah i'm very i'm incredibly excited about all those projects and yeah it does feel and i was telling chelsea this too like it feels very so okay so ended friendship on friday right and then cold feet Mm -hmm. was released on sunday and i'm like man it's because keep in mind like cold feet the shoot was over four years ago i'm like how random and how like poetic because again on cold feet like i had to really suck it up and work hard to stay friends with because i was so mad at him after that production yeah so the fact that you know that project which was very much so like yeah apparently a lot of ways like the final straw i just took four years for it to really i mean whatever a lot of damage done for our friendship uh the rest of the you know experience was was wonderful uh for the most part you're with a distributor on cold feet right yes Uh uh-huh how's that experience going so far so far so good it's the same distributor we had on bad bad men uh it's indie rights of course yeah they're one of the up-and-coming ones yeah yeah yeah. like people are talking about them more yeah man because i mean that's i won't get into too much into that either but like you know i left cold feet with a lot of credit card debt i was single at the time so i was like all right i'm just putting it all on the line I had $10 to my name. I think I've told you this before. And like tens upon tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt. Well, you must be itching then, right? Like, because haven't you been in a cycle basically for like the last 10 years? You've always got something in the can finishing up and something that you're about to go shoot and you don't have either of that right now, right? So kind of, well, I still have something in the can that I'm finishing up. I still have something, a movie that I'm editing. So there's still that. And I still have break. Okay. Breaker Breaker on the horizon. It's just that as a ways off. So this is definitely the longest I've gone without shooting a feature film of my own. Or, like you know, one that I wrote and produced and had a hand in either directing or co-directing in a long time. Because, yeah, it was pretty much one every year for a while there. What are you finishing up? Baby Come Home. Still working on, still editing oh, okay. Baby Come All Home. Right. Oh, that was the other yeah. thing, too. I finally had, a, I had a good, finally had a good editing flow going on Baby Come Home. And then that damn guinea pig chewed a cord. <laughs> and then that got, uh, <laughs> that got sidetracked as well. Send me a cut if you need notes on it, man. If you need some eyes on it. Okay. I appreciate that. But again, like, I'm so happy at home with the boys. And I'm so excited about, you know, the ones I do have going on. Like, it'll be cool when I do get back on stage or behind the camera again. I'll, I'll definitely enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm not, I guess, because I'm so happy with my home life. I'm not itching in the way that you might think that I am. I mean, that's great. I'll be very excited when it happens. Doesn't mean it's worse. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. It's just totally different. But yeah, it does feel good. Like when I'm on other people's sets, like acting or whatnot. Like, you know, it's that feeling you have in that environment. You're like, yeah, this feels right as well. But then hopefully I'll be in, uh, I'm, I'm slotted to act in that film that I wrote. My former teacher wants me to act in that as well in March. So that could, that uh, hopefully that'll work out and that'd be cool. I do want to hear about what's going on with you, but I gotta, <laughs> gotta go in a minute. Do you gotta go? It's okay if you gotta go, man. You had some big stuff on your mind that you yeah. need to talk about. I've, I have no problem with that. Are you it's good? Friends for. <laughs> Can I ask that? <laughs> are you okay, Clinton? How are you? I'm 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 doing I'm doing good. We can get. I mean, let's just do this again soon, and then we can get. Yeah, more yeah, yeah. No, seriously, because I, I don't want to have me. to rush through a conversation about. I want to be able to hear what's going on with you. Sure, 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 definitely. So let's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sometime in the next maybe a couple of weeks or something like that, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. Start making this more of at least a somewhat regular thing, again. Filmmaker therapy. Yeah. We need it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well. Cool, man. I appreciate you. It's good talking to you. Yeah, yeah. We'll do we'll do some more soon. It's been been too long and we always seem to enjoy this thing. So yeah, it's absolutely. Kinda, you know, it's like exercise. We could just gotta make ourselves make it a priority and, and make <laughs> yeah, it happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, my friend. You have a good night, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, man. See you. Ya. Bye. 
All right, that about wraps it up for episode 18. A very much a interpersonal, kind of emotional, feely episode, but I hope you all enjoyed the ride. I certainly enjoyed uh, listening back to it, even though it was a very sort of painful episode in a lot of ways. I mean, honestly, about a year and a half later, it still hurts uh, the end of that friendship. It's less of a raw thing. It's more, you know, it's obviously a lot more time to process. It's still baffling. Like, if I think about it for, you know, more than a couple seconds, I'm still like, really? And I don't know if that'll ever go away. I'll say this. Like, what sucks is that, like, one of the things that sucks is that I'm kind of like, since the way he cut me out of his life, I'm kind of like left on my own to like get closure here. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, you don't get any closure from the, the, the situation. You don't get to like yeah, talk it all out. He still hasn't spoken to me since we recorded this episode, since the year and a half ago, almost wouldn't happen. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of hangs over my head, which sucks. Obviously I try not to dwell on it, but it is a thing that comes up every now and then in my life. You know, something I've written about now to some extent and something like, you know, since we still have mutual friends, like I have to hear about this person every now and then. Yeah. So it's tough, man. I've kind of realized like I'm going to, have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to like at some point it's something when you have to like forgive someone or when you feel like what's the healthy thing to do is to forgive someone who hasn't apologized basically to forgive someone who hasn't been accountable who doesn't yeah. quote unquote earn that forgiveness and that's the thing like I'd done this with him before again after cold feet like he never really apologized but I had to like for the sake of our relationship I had to forgive him in order to move on and it was really tough doing that because I didn't feel like he earned it but you know I loved him so I did uh, but now it's just, uh, yeah, it's tough, man. Cause I still, like, I still have dreams and like in the dreams, like it's a whirlwind of, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions, but it's usually like, it winds up being where it's like, he's kind of like falling apart to some extent. And then I'm like there to take care of him wow. like in the dream. Yeah. So this, this still happens fairly frequently. Like in the dream, like he like badgers me and like belittles me and talks a lot of shit. But meanwhile, like, like in the last one, he was like stumbling drunk and like, I had to like, you know, help him out and like carry him home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I felt in the dream, I felt like so much love for this person, but also like frustrated for feeling that love because of how mean he was to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. So I still have to deal with this shit because like, I feel like if I could just have, and I, I think I'm having to accept the fact that like, this might not ever happen. I mean, we're going to have to run into each other at some point again, because of mutual friends and like, all I really want to do is have like two minutes just to say what I need to say. But in case he never like grants me even that, like, I'm just going to have to resolve it within myself and the lack of closure is what really fucked me over any anytime something just happens so immediately like that and and without any when it's hard to put yourself in the person's brain space like it's completely yeah. understandable and and i think that's why like forgiveness is it's an action on on your part certainly people can do things to make it easier for you but you, unfortunately yeah. you're not going to get that from them it seems like when you're able to kind of come around to that forgiveness it'll probably feel better for you but that takes time and you had a relationship with him for a long yeah. time especially with him not being in the picture at all i'm not surprised that you're still having feels about it like that's not shocking in the least bit i think that's a perfectly reasonable response yeah you know? i mean look at the end of the day like as i said in the episode too like obviously you know I, as much as i kind of despise the guy like i do wish him the best I wish him no ill will. It's a weird thing now. It's like, I will say this, like, the one thing in the episode I said, and I know what I meant, and I still feel it was like, when he dies, like, I don't want to know about it. Like, I still, for my own sake, don't. And that's not, like, I want him to live, like, a long, long life. It's more just like, I'm trying to, I just want him, like, to be gone from it. Like, I hate having to hear about him at all. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, when he ever he does die, which hopefully is, like, a long time from now, like, the only reason I want to know about it is so I can be there for our mutual friends and help them, you know, in whatever ways that I can, like, deal with it. Yeah. But outside of that, like, no, I still, I still, like, I've softened a bit on it, but I still, like, it's just still really, 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 really hurts. It still really hurts. Like, he will always go down that. as... I can't imagine. He will always go down as the person who hurt me the most. Like, no one else Oof. is going to hurt me more than, than this guy did. And that's just, like, for me and with my own personal story. Obviously, he'll have his legacy and the rest of the, like, whatever, you know rest of the world parts of the world that he's touched touches whatnot but for me it's like yeah he's the one person in my, my in my entire life who I ever feel like really betrayed me and who definitely the person who hurt me the most and that's like his legacy to me yeah as or you know so it sucks but uh yep it does it does it does suck but i also just you know i think you know you got to be kind to yourself in that you know these dreams and and everything else that you have in in reaction to it totally understandable and okay and and i don't think yeah. you should be 
telling yourself to feel anything differently than that, you know? Oh, yeah. I No, I, I appreciate that. It's more like, and I do feel fine about that. I, and I hate that I have to have those dreams, again, because of the lack of closure. But it's it's within the reality of those dreams. That's when I feel like, why am I feeling this way about? Yeah. Like, that, I get frustrated about in, in the dream themselves. I'm being so kind to him in the dreams while being a little self-loathing. About, but, but my love is able to shine through more for him in the dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing in the dreams, I'm always actually seeing him. I still have yet to see him. I still have yet to have a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So if I ever like see him again, despite how much I really do despise the guy, I'm sure my love will shine through like more than I want it to. You know, <laughs> because again, I just don't think he. I gave him so much. <laughs> it's just gonna sound so cheap. It's like I gave him so much of my love, like my heart, and like he was one of my best friends. And I thought we were always gonna be there for each other. So I took that very seriously. So it sucks, like feeling like you know giving your love to someone like that who. Again, quote unquote, brought like who doesn't deserve it? But hey, I, I'm again, I'm proud of all my choices with that situation, and I have no shame in like how I've felt or how I feel about any of it. Yeah, you know, still dealing with it, but it's uh, m- you know, moving, moving forward, of course. Aye, yes, aye, aye. yes, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> uh, and with and, and on that know, note, <laughs> yeah, with, with that, I, I just want to, you know. I just want to remind everybody that Story Life is not just a podcast, but it is also the name of our creative consulting company. Me and Alan, we do consulting on editing projects, scripts. If actors need coaching or filmmakers need coaching, me and Alan are down and available for any of it. If you like the vibe that you feel on this podcast, we bring that same sort of energy to our coaching endeavors. So if you think it would be a good fit or you're needing any sort of creative support, you can reach out to us for a free 30-minute consultation. Alan, where's that at? That is at wearestorylife.com. You can also contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. And yeah, on the website, you'll find out more information about us, what we do as coaches and consultants for fellow artists. And you'll also find links to our Patreon and social media pages. If you wanted to connect with me a little more directly, you can uh, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Just search up my name, Clinton Cornwell. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. And on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Men on Amazon. And thank you very much to our editor, Simply Mr. Mike. Jimenez for his wonderful work and thank you for our, our families and friends for all their support i like i like that it's like you almost like you peek so what rainbow colored unicorn i think is what he got <laughs> last something like that and so <laughs> the only place to go from there is to just <laughs> is to bring it all the way down to simply simply mr mike Jimenez. i like it mike you're a good man we appreciate you and everything everything you do and yes families and friends especially the friends who don't break up with us thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for all of your support Ay, ay, um, We really greatly appreciate it. Um, guys, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life. Take care, folks. Bye. Bye.